captured the hearts and imagination of audiences around the world continues. Now, the most electrifying rematch in motion picture history, Rocky II, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith. Rocky II, rated PG, starts Friday, June 15th. David, do you uh, do you recall your days where you ventured into pugilism? Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a fist fighter. I'm a bar I'm a bar hopper. I'm a punch kicker. I am a uh, elbow thrower. We uh we did we documented that and had a whole series of uh, of of films uh, based on your rise through uh, through the sport of boxing. Yeah. Uh, we called it we called it Munchie yeah munchie but yeah that was the documentary based on my bare knuckle fights uh in dirty taverns and bars through the uh early eight, 19th century <laughs> it was all about your rise to the top and and uh you know taking it all the way so us uh talking about that was fitting that we're circling back to another franchise here uh mm. that we're going to get into but uh, welcome back to another episode of Reconcinimation. I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. And our usual co-host, Brent, is on vacation this week, is, mm-hmm. is out of the studio a lot. So uh, we have a very, very special guest returning to us uh, that we had this, uh, this Shocktober. It's Jay Blake Vichera from Scored to Death. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. You guys are bringing me out of retirement. For, uh, <laughs> We're just going to get you episode. little by little. You're going to just be on every week. So good to have you here. I appreciate it. So uh, we've had uh, we've had a fun month here as the month of December. We went through our holiday season. We had Lethal Weapon, Better Off Dead, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was so much fun. But now. Uh, we're coming back to it, whenever whenever I think of New Year's Eve or New Year's movies as the New Year's rapidly approaching, I think about Rocky. Rocky being one of our, our top episodes, one of our original episodes. I realized it was time. We hadn't talked about it in a while. It was time to circle back. And who better than to bring on than you, Blake, who are, are a huge Rocky fan, right? I am. The first Rocky movie is my favorite movie of all time. So Ooh. I'm a. Uh... Very excited to be here. And and we're glad to have you. We're going to dive deep into the second entry into the franchise. Um, but we'll, let's also talk about the first one, too. Uh, before we get there, why don't you why don't you tell us what's going on with you, Blake, and, and Scored to Death, and what's the latest on the, the book series and the podcast? Uh, well, uh, I'm the author of two books, Scored to Death, Conversations with Some of Horror's Greatest Composers, and Scored to Death 2, more conversation, more conversations with some of horror's greatest composers i uh, i do kind of a radio show on the cinematic sound radio network called scored to death radio and on that one i get to just play cues and kind of act like a dj and i play horror movie cues and hopefully i'll get around to playing non-horror movie cues at some point i still am dabbling around with uh scored to death the podcasts i don't do it all that often anymore, but I do have an episode that I've been editing since before the last time you <laughs> I saw you guys uh, with David Shire, who uh, of course oh, nice. 
composed some music for the conversation, which we were just talking about off mic, uh, as well as taking Pelham one, two, three. And we even talked about Rocky because he was married to Talia Shire and he mm-hmm. turned down during the first Rocky. Uh, but on Score to Death, the podcast, I also have a very uh, extensive and interesting interview with Bill Conti about working on the Rocky series, as well as uh, many other films he's done. And uh, so I'm still kind of plugging away at that stuff. The books are both out. And uh, I've also just recently started doing some uh, short interviews with composers for Fangoria's website. Uh, so that's been kind of fun because usually when I interview composers, it's like a three hour endeavor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so getting to talk to somebody for 20 minutes and then uh, getting to make a little article of it has been fun, but uh, that's about it. That's uh, all that's going on in my end of the world. Uh, we did Rocky on Saturday night movie sleepover several years ago as a new year's special uh, after the holidays, after the Christmas holidays. Uh, so uh and I once talked about the entire Rocky series on the Wrong Reel podcast ah, yes. many years ago. Uh, I don't remember if Creed had even come out yet, or maybe Creed, Creed. had just come out when, yeah. when I did that episode. What was Creed? 2015? Somewhere around there, I think. 16? Something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, so Rocky is one of my favorite subjects, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I, I, how, how long was that podcast where, where you talked about the whole series? I mean, you could probably talk for 12, 15 hours about that. Yeah. Was, <laughs> James, who hosts that podcast, used to always know that when I was going to be on, it was a marathon. I think we talked about Carpenter, John Carpenter, for three and a half almost four hours and I was ready to keep, I was fine to keep going, but uh, he, he called, he tapped out on that one. Oh, you made him <laughs> tap out. Wow. <laughs> I think our Rocky one was, it was over two and a half. I don't think it quite reached three. He likes to go quickly. You know, yeah. he's, he's more about quantity than, uh, well, than, than the details. The, the wrong real guys. I mean, they're up to like thousands of, of podcasts, right? I mean, they've got, yeah. they've got, I know they're over a thousand. Yeah, well, James there for a while. He was doing them almost every day. Oh, so wow, <laughs> he was he was at least doing out three or four a week or something like that. It was crazy. We have a whole studio lot to run. We can't just spend all day mm-hmm. podcasting. But of course, much as so, we love to. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear me blabber out about Rocky, you can also check out those shows after this one. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, strangely, we were also just talking about how Rocky is was is our number two downloaded episode of all time, and. It just it baffles me that 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 one episode people keep for us, people keep coming back to for some reason recently. Like it, it wasn't that it wasn't doing particularly great for like three years. And then all of a sudden this year, it's like boom, 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 every day, download after download. So I, no idea why, but I'm glad it's somebody a, likes it. It's an anniversary, isn't it? It's got to be right. Thirty five, maybe. 45, uh, for, 45. Yeah, 45, I think. Right. Yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, uh, so what's what's your, okay? We know you love Rocky, but Rocky Two. What's your <laughs> early memories of Rocky Two, and what were your thoughts when you first saw it, and compared to how you feel now? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember ever seeing Rocky. Like I don't remember the first time I saw Rocky Two. I know Rocky was always very very big thing for me. Uh, three and four were on TV all the time as we grew up. 
I feel like the first one, three and four were on all the time when we grew up and two really wasn't. And then sometime it switched and then one wasn't on for a long time after we became more adult during the college. And then when we got out of college, but three and four were always still on. So for the longest time, three was my favorite because I used to watch that one all the time. Uh, It was on every almost it seemed like it was on every weekend, even without cable, because I didn't have cable at my mom's house. And uh, and I knew that one so well that I knew exactly where all the commercials were going to come up. Every time there was a commercial, I, I was getting ready to go grab a soda or go to the bathroom. Like I, I knew exactly every commercial, even now when I watch it, I anticipate a commercial break happening. I remember but, that with like laser discs when, when you'd have to flip the laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend of mine who was a bit older than us. And uh, his big thing when he was growing up was the eight millimeter films when wow. you go and you buy, and he knows the, eight minute edits of star wars and alien <laughs> like by heart like every shot wow. uh but uh yeah i don't remember i mean obviously you see the end of two every time you watch three mm-hmm. uh i don't remember two i i mean i feel like i've always just known it i mean rocky was huge for me um i grew up in philadelphia until i was about eight or nine and my mom remarried and we moved to the Albany area in New York. And uh, I feel that, you know, possibly Rocky was a bit of a security blanket. You know, it was, you get to watch Rocky you know, when I was mm-hmm. homesick. And my brother and my dad still lived in Philadelphia. And my aunt, my, uh, all my, my aunt and uncle and my, uh, my grandmother, who we would visit a lot. And because uh, my mom was a single mom, I spent a ton of time at my grandparents' house. They, they, kind of co-raised me uh so in a lot of ways phil uh rocky and then rocky too by then because they're so philadelphia centric were very much like homesick movies for me mm-hmm. uh and then even through high school uh D- when we did rocky on um saturday night movie sleepovers i never thought about it but dion pointed out that when we were in college i dressed like rocky i had the black leather coat (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i never put two and two together that i was consciously going with a with a rocky look but i imagine that he probably did he probably was right in some sense um but to what i discovered which i probably always known anybody who's ever listened to me uh talk about rocky is that uh rocky makes me cry like a baby every time i'm as now it's pavlovian i hear Uh, the, the track going the distance by Bill Conti. And I don't even need the movie anymore. And I can cry when I was prepping for the wrong real episode. I went back and listened to Dion and I talking about the first Rocky as kind of preparation. Cause I already done all the research for that. And I literally started crying, just listening to myself talk about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, a yeah. And uh, I remember standing outside of where Dion works one day and I was doing more research for that. And I was listening to the film commentary because I'll, I'll rip the commentary off a of blue off the DVD or Blu-ray. I'll put it in MP3 and I'll just listen to it when I'm out and about and hearing the movie in the background as John Abelson's talking about, it, I started crying in the middle of public. So one thing I discovered uh, very clearly in watching it for preparation for tonight is that Rocky two is probably the movie 
the only movie where I literally start crying within the first three minutes of the movie. I was like breathing funny, full on bawling <laughs> in the middle of the fight at the beginning wow. of Rocky Two this time around. Holy shit! But but because you because of the recap of the first movie, yeah, because the music hits and it's the recap and uh, Rocky has just become. I always, like I said, I always grew up as a big, really big part of my life, but at some point it stopped being played all the time. The first one. And then I don't know about 13 years ago or so. Now uh, I was in my late twenties. I was 28, 29. I was going through like the worst point in my life. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and I were having a break and I was out of a job. And it was, and Rocky came on Turner classic movies and I caught it right as it was being introduced. And I was like, you know, I haven't watched the first Rocky since I was probably 17, you know, 10 years ago, 10, maybe more. And the difference between watching that movie when you're a teenager and you have the whole, your whole life ahead of you and the dreams of what you're going to do with your life <laughs> and watching it when you're 29, the age of Rocky, you haven't lived up to the potential you thought you were going to live up to. I was broke. I was, I couldn't, I was, I was worried about making rent that week. I couldn't get a job. Uh, my love life was not uh, great. It just, it had the most profound effect on me. And mm. I've now watched that movie at least once a year ever since then. And uh, it just kind of changed my life in a lot of ways. And it made me realize how differently you perceive things, different ages you are. So now I, I definitely pay attention to movies that I watched in film school you know, like the French new wave movies and stuff and, and how I feel so different about say the 400 blows, mm -hmm. which is <laughs> like a very profound movie, but watching it as an adult about this little kid who, uh, but instead of watching it when you're 18, it's like a totally different experience. Oh yeah. And uh, so for me, Rocky's even more important to me now than it was when I was growing up. And uh, so it's just, just everything about that movie. Uh, and especially the, the love story. So everything, when you watch, when I watched Rocky two and you, that music kicks in Conti's music, like I said, it's Pavlovian to me. I can, I, I start crying and, and even just thinking about it right now, I can probably start tearing up, but then everything. And then the music and then, you know, Adrian Rocky, Adrian, yeah. <laughs> and she comes in and he's like, where's your hat? And uh, I love you. I love you. And I just, like everything about it is just so beautiful. Uh, to me, that movie is lightning in a bottle. Everything from the casting. Uh, I mean, just think about how great Burt Young is. Yeah. And all of Meredith. everybody. Yeah. It's just, it's so perfect. And the music, Conti's music in that movie is one of the most uh, perfect examples of the marriage of, of music and, and cinema, in my, mm -hmm. my humble opinion. The only things that stand out as being a problem with that movie are the things that come from it just being low budget, you know, mm -hmm. a, sh a shaky Zoom or Dolly, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, uh, but other than that, that movie is about as perfect as it can be, in my humble opinion. Uh, and so the fact that it it ends on that 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 moment and Stallone has talked about you know they kind of embrace and they lift up as they embrace and then it's it it freezes mm -hmm. on that last frame where he, they're kind of they've lift up in the frame and and it's a moment where if they never made another one 
that was that exact moment was the highlight of Rocky's life. Nothing was ever going to be as good as that moment. He's got the girl. He went the distance. He proved it to himself. And then he's, you know, saddled with the task of, okay, so where does it go from? Right. Here? What's, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that's the highlight of his life. What's the next? What's what, what happens to these two kids? Yeah. Uh, and well, it's just, uh, so, uh, Two, like I said, I have I don't remember ever seeing it for the first time, but I feel like it's always just been there for me. Yeah. And, uh, to answer your question, so I can let you guys talk for for a minute, um, I don't think my view on it has changed much uh, through the years, other than kind of what I was talking about with the first Rocky, mm-hmm. which is just that as I've gotten older, you know, I think I understand rocky's plight a little bit more and his feeling of responsibility and you know having a wife i mean i don't have kids but um those are the kinds of things that you don't you think you understand and and maybe you do to a certain extent when you're a teenager or even in your early 20s but uh those are the different level you know yeah i just i just appreciate that stuff in a different way and, and maybe even more now than i did then but I, I hear a lot of people talk um, about Rocky II and talk about how they really didn't like it when they were a kid, but they like it now. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's probably a bit of a pacing thing. And <laughs> uh, John is pointing to himself at this very moment. So <laughs> we'll get uh, to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I guess I can see that, you know, it's definitely, it takes a while to get going. It's definitely more of kind of an, a, I was going to say more of an adult story than Rocky. It's not, it's just a different kind of adult story. I've got a different aspect of a relationship that I think is even harder for children or young people to kind of relate to. Yeah. I have a specific reason sort of, well, I'm probably it's somewhat common to people in our age group who grew up with it, but before I go, David, what about you? Where, uh, when did you first see Rocky too? Is this a new viewing for you or did you see it when you were a kid? No, I'd seen it. I, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you when I saw it, uh, at what point, but, uh, and you know, there was a certain point where I mixed up the movies where the hospital, just the, the early hospital scene where they're Apollo's in bed and he comes to him like uh, at a certain point, I didn't know that wasn't Rocky. Right. You know, like because of in the way Rocky two starts with the, the, you know, the, the, they sort of blend, right? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, the whole link to the previous movie in each one. Exactly. So it, it, I, I couldn't tell you when I first saw it or anything like that. But you know, it was Rocky was more. You know, that was the movie I would see more often, right? Like, and it was yeah, and like the same thing of like three and three and four were the bigger movies because they're big spectacles. Like two is this quiet sequel of okay, the fairy tale's over. Um, you know, the the hero has has gone through his journey what happens next? And that's always sort of like, it's, it's an interesting question. And it's always, you know, it is kind of like that boring thing. Like, you know, you, you, it's that thing of uh, young and in love and I want to do this and I want to be with this person for the rest of my life. And, but then it's like, well, how do we pay the bills and how do we, how do we, how do we struggle? You know, like, like, yes, you're committed, but this is that movie that answers those questions. Like Rocky had nothing, had nobody, and, you know, he got, and then at, at, in the first movie, he got everything he wanted, like, right. He succeeded it, his, he, he reached the, the pinnacle of his life, but his life continues. Right. So he's, right. he's, he's married. He's, he's, 
uh, and now he's facing a new challenge, but then also that love story continues. And it's, it, that's, that's the thing with one and two is that love story is a bigger part of Rocky's life than as, as much as the, uh, the fights. Right. So yeah, I can see as a kid, like it's, it's hard. It's really hard to, to latch onto. It's really hard to understand like the struggle of, of that, or the, 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 the first year of marriage of, of, of between them. Um, so, uh, you know, you get it in concept, right? Cause you, you, you typically, it's either you look at your own parents or you look at your, your friends, parents and relatives, all that people get married, they live together, they struggle. You don't really get it. Right. So that, that's like what you're saying, like, it's like, you kind of, you like it more as an adult because you just understand it better. You identify as, with it. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as the love story of Rocky one is important you as a as a child watching that you can you can just stick to the the heroics of what he's doing as becoming a hometown hero and the second movie just like it it just it amplifies each each beat of the first movie like by by the time he when he's training again like the entire town of children like there wasn't one adult (laughs) following him in that I was like, holy shit, there are yeah. 300 children following him up the stairs of the museum. Yeah. As it's really cool. <laughs> like it's um so it, it you know, it it mirrors the first one a little bit. And I got to I got to give credit to it doesn't fall into a lot of cliché that I, I I couldn't remember where it was going to go. I, I kind of again, I'd seen it so few times. Um it wasn't a new viewing, but I really didn't remember it, but his dedication to to Adrian, um, when she, when she slips into the coma and everything, like I was waiting for some cliche, like macho thing never came. It, yeah. He was dedicated and is in love with her and she was the only thing that mattered. And I just love that part of that movie. Um, I don't, I don't remember where I heard this or who said it, but, uh, it was something that I said to, to Bill Conti when I interviewed him and he laughed at it, but I think it's so true where, um, the, the 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 whoever said it and I, I, I you know forgive me to them I'm sorry to them for not remember <laughs> who to give credit to but they said uh, calling Rocky a boxing movie is like calling Goldwyn the Wind a Civil War picture you know right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, it's yeah. so not about that it yeah. really is this both of them are really this love story more so than than any than the rest of them but uh, and I think that's definitely kind of the stuff that I, I started to connect with when I was, you know, 29, 30, um, the love story, but also just this idea of, um, like I said before, like not living up to potential and, mm-hmm. and being down in the dumps and, and, and you start to, it was, it's still, the first one is still one of those movies for me that when I watch it, I still notice new things about it. And I, and I think about, uh, you know, Paulie and, and how they're all really Rocky and that yeah. they, they're all people in that movie that didn't get their chance. And now Rocky's getting their, his chance. And Paulie's yeah, they're jealous. All, yeah. And they're sort of living through him in a way. Yeah. And, and Mickey's trying to take advantage of it because mm-hmm. he wants his chance. And, uh, and so it's, it's a really fascinating one idea to make another one, but, uh, to to do something that wasn't done very often then even if what there was a sequel i think maybe the first movie to ever do this 
they're the last movie to maybe do this before Rocky. And I could be wrong. Might have been Bride of Frankenstein to have a movie that picks up the second the first one kind of leaves off. Yeah, it's it's not something that happens often or still happens very often. Uh, and then to have to tell the story that we've that we've just been talking about, like the the continued love story, the troubles of that. Um, it's just I, I think it's. Out of all of them, it's probably the most gutsy in yeah. terms of of what they were trying to do with it. Because the first one's like, okay, it's you know, it's this story about the underdog and and it's a love story. And but and then the third one and the fourth one, like they've said, there are spectacles and you know they have their own thing going on. And and three, in a lot of ways, is the logical follow up if you're going to follow this someone who rises to the top and then has to gets knocked down a few pegs and then has to kind of fight back to be at top again. Uh, but to just, it just, it's a, I can't imagine being asked to write a sequel to Rocky and what, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but okay. when you watch it, <laughs> but when I watch it now, it's like, yeah, that this is the, this is the logical next yeah. step. Like this is the perfect next uh, continuation to that story. and it's so you know as we've seen especially now all the the reboots and the relaunching and the new sequels to older stories logic is something that uh doesn't always accompany those those projects and this one part of what's so great about it is that it, it is it's it's exactly in that world of rocky what would the next thing be and this just nails it it's sort of in a way like a perfect sequel because it does follow that logic and it does um, treat those characters the same way. It's not, even though it is technically a new director, you know, yeah. it doesn't like shake anything up. So I, uh, I got as a kid. So I came into the Rocky franchise, like three had, I think just hit video or it was out of the theaters and, and four was, uh, was coming in and yeah that's three was on video and four was in the theaters so i was aware of rocky one and two but to me they were like one blended movie like i couldn't really distinguish exactly where they cut off um yeah so and i loved three and four like you know there's in three you get three fights really you get the the thunderlips you know charity fight and then the two with clubber lang so in like a 90 minute movie, that is a lot of action. Uh, whereas two, I think has the least amount of boxing in it. Maybe we won't talk about five. Let's just leave that one aside. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, two was always the slowest for me. Um, when I went to summer camp, whenever we had a rainy day, we were like shuttled off to this, um, this local college, uh, Mer yeah, Mercy College, and we would just be kind of like locked up in a couple of classrooms. And every year they had two movies that we could watch, Meatballs 2 or Rocky 2. And the, we had our pick. Just the sequels. <laughs> just, it was only part two yes. of things. It's part of the rules <laughs> of the camp. But it was, you know, so it was, we were forced to watch those <laughs> over and over. And as a kid, I was, I was bored to tears with it because... I was always comparing it to three yeah. and they're obviously we'll get into it. Like there's su such different movies by that point. Um, 
on top of that, my uncle was a, uh, a, an AD and a production manager and worked on the reshoots of Rocky two, which I, I didn't know it. I didn't really wasn't conscious of it at the time, but a few years after that I was, and he did, uh, they did some of the reshoots of all the, the montage stuff. And then where he's running through the streets with the kids, like that was, he, my uncle was a, a part of that. And, um, you know, nothing really crazy happened on those shoots, but he's got pictures of him like and Stallone playing like football at lunch, <laughs> like the whole crew, like doing flag football and stuff. So which they'd never let you sort of do that stuff with uh, your actor director. Now, if, if he got hurt, <laughs> like forget about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I did not. I was in that camp. I didn't love to as a kid just because I thought it was so boring. But then as I got older and revisited them i think in high school like later years of high school uh when that vhs box set came out where you know that all kind of lined up yeah the red uh, the the red red box yeah with this picture on this on this yeah spines yeah um i got that and was like i fell in love with two that's when i sort of shifted from loving three and four to loving one and two so much more because they're just there's so much more meat on the bone and so much more emotions and um real things to identify with that we've been talking about that um yeah you know uh, so two uh, now two is definitely one of my favorites it's it's the score the, the opening score of like over the credit sequence the the, yeah. ho- the ride to the hospital that's i mean weirdly like that's my favorite track i, <laughs> I love that i would so when i used to coach uh we had a softball league here in uh in los angeles that was all television shows and I would uh, build a, you know, a, a little soundtrack to play as we were going to the game. And that was that track was what started the. Yeah. The, so on your yeah. way to the game, it's like. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, you could just play the whole Rocky soundtrack, but I, I mixed fu- it up. Yeah. It's funny that you guys talk about how for both of you, you one and two were kind of the same. Just one movie in your heads. Um you know, one of the things that I've, I've been fascinated with for a long time, even before we started doing Saturday night movie sleepovers. And it was something that Saturday night movie sleepovers talked a lot about where the, like the extensions of the movies, Mm -hmm. uh, novelizations. But one thing we also talked a lot about were photo plays, which are these little books where they take images from the movie and they essentially make comic books out of them. And they're beautiful. Like, really beautifully constructed montages of images and they have the weirdest selection of movies. They weren't, it was short lived. They didn't make too many of them. They did maybe 13 episodes of the original star Trek. They did Greece. They did uh, the 1978 invasion of the body snatchers, which huh. I have. Uh, I don't remember these at all. Like a very odd collection and they had Rocky too, but Rocky two was in photo play form, Rocky one and Rocky two, but it's, you know, in essence, the third first third of the book is Rocky. And then the second two thirds of the book are Rocky two. So they, they don't just recap the fight. They kind of recap the entire first Rocky (laughs) and then uh, go into Rocky two. And I think obviously they knew a lot of people were, I think we're going to, kind of look at it that way probably yeah 
I, I think especially, well, when did that come out? Those are seventies things. I think yeah. that's why I, I, it's very strange. I have both Greece and in novelization form and in photo play, just because I mm. think it's so funny to have a musical and a totally literary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it totally doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it must've been all seventies because they're all the movies that I can think of that they did them with are all seventies movies. What? So the novelization did, did Stallone, or I guess actually, 79, 80, something like that. Yeah. Probably 80 by the time it came out. What did Stallone write the novelization? Supposedly Stallone wrote it. He's definitely credited wow. as the only author on it. Uh-huh. Wow. What's, uh, <clears throat> what are the big other differences? You know, a lot of times these are very different than the finished movie. It, it, there are definitely differences. It's a very strange book, uh, more so than most in that uh, it's almost entirely told in first person in the past tense by Rocky. So it's Rocky. It's, it reads like Rocky telling you the story in Rocky vernacular. Wow. uh, It does cut to the scenes where Rocky's not in it. It does cut to like a more traditional book format, you know, Apollo training, all the scenes with Apollo, Mm -hmm. Paulie and Adrian, uh, but for the most part, I'd say 90% of the book is Rocky telling you the story and it's Rocky's inner thoughts from his perspective. And unfortunately, Rocky's thoughts are not that profound. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that deep of a thinker. <laughs> He's not that deep of a thinker. And it's very strange, uh, you know, because it'll even say things. Uh, like, uh, and I thought uh, Adrian was the best wife ever. And then he says to Adrian, Adrian, you're the best wife ever. <laughs> like, he thinks it. And then he says, it. Um, He's, he is, a, he is not a complicated person. <laughs> uh, and there are funny bits that come out of, the, out of that. There's a very funny uh, exchange in his head thinking when Adrian wakes up and they have the little party in the hospital room. And Polly's there and Mickey's there and they're having champagne um, in the book. Gazzo, uh, Joe Spinell's character is also there. And it's, it's Gazzo that tells Rocky, I saw him. He's, I saw the kid. He's a champ. He's got, you know, he's got forearms the size of yours. And Rocky has this thought of he Rocky drifts off and thinks about how weird that would be. He's like, I'm hoping that's not true. <laughs> because then he'd look like Popeye, and I know how like when he gets to school, kids will make fun of him for it. Wow. <laughs> it's a very weird train of thought. It's 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 weird stuff like that. In terms of differences, I wouldn't say there's anything so different. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there there are things, there's nothing that changes alters the story. Um, there's not more like, of the- it's not like Halloween, that novelization. Yeah, that has you know the whole back story of Sam yeah. Hain and all that added yeah. in. No, uh, th- but this one has there's more publicity stuff. Rocky goes on Tom Snyder, he goes on the Mike Douglas show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene where he goes back to his high school and is given an honorary diploma. Mm-hmm. And through doing research for this, I found the audio of a news report from Philadelphia where the news they actually shot that scene. Oh my god, oh wow. And it was Makes Stallone's. Sense. It was Stallone's high school, and Stallone's. And they went and shot it at Stallone's high school. And Stallone's high school gave him 
some kind of honor, but they shot that scene there. And they talk about, oh, Stallone returns to his 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 high school to shoot the seed at his at Rocky's high school. Um, there's no meatpacking scene stuff. Huh. There's a there's more stuff. There's actually some kind of funny scenes between Polly and Gazzo. They're they're kind of together more because Polly's working for him now in the second movie. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. There's some funny things where he keeps on Gazzo keeps on telling Polly to do things and Polly doesn't do them. And uh, that's a spinoff. If there ever was going to be a spinoff <laughs> right there, <laughs> that's uh, a sitcom, an 80s sitcom right there. But what it kind of takes the place of the, all the meatpacking stuff. And I think it works better in the movie, to be honest, is uh, he wants Gazzo wants Rocky to be a bouncer at a nightclub um, as, a, as for money. So instead of, because he can't get work. And so Paulie takes him to the club. So there's a scene in the nightclub where Paulie's kind of trying to get laid and Rocky's just standing there. And uh, he, there's a girl who's very tall and he asks her how tall she is. And she's very, you know, uh, offended by, the, by that. And uh, it's just it's stuff like that. There's more, there's a lot of stuff of Rocky being, I wouldn't say homophobic, but afraid to be perceived as homo- as, as as homosexual. Mm. He orders a drink at the bar because the guy next to him is having it. It's called like a pink lady. And he's very self-conscious about having just ordered a drink called the pink lady. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me think. There's more foreshadowing that something's going to happen with Adrian and the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. She has like more issues. There's a scene I think that takes place in the kitchen where Rocky, she has a pain and Rocky's worried about her, but she's like, I'm okay. Uh, Some of the inner monologue stuff when he's training, he talks a bit about how he's kind of conditioned himself to be able to withstand pain. And it's something that he's always done thinking that it'll come in handy sometime, like just pushing himself past Mm -hmm. the point of pain to, you know, in doing anything, Um, whether it's running and whatnot just kind of getting into his head more uh there's a scene where adrian gives him the tr- the, the black and yellow trunks and robe oh. before the fight as oh, a cool. gift yeah he, he puts the baby to bed and he comes into their bedroom and she's laying in bed and he lays down and they kind of just look at each other for a while and he talks about how nice that is that she says close your eyes I have something for you. And she hands him a package. He says that I could feel the I could feel the crinkle of the paper and then he opens it up and it's the trunks. Um, uh, there's a good, would have been a good scene for the movie just before they go out to fight. Apollo comes to Rocky and wants to talk to him privately. And Mickey's like, no. And, and Rocky says, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll talk to him. And uh, Apollo pretty much, apologizes for the press stuff, you know, calling him a chicken and all that, mm-hmm. but lets him know that he respects him, but he's going to, you know, he's going to fight to win. Yeah. And Rocky tells him this kind of the same, that he's going to fight to win. Also, there's a little bit of foreshadowing from the um, announcers who are, when they come, when Apollo comes out, says Apollo looks like he's the best shape, but you know, may, hopefully he didn't over, condition himself because that'll hurt him in the later rounds like maybe try too hard so there's a little foreshadowing there there's a funny exchange when rocky comes in where rocky is telling you the reader that he that he's excited and then he says to himself why 
he says to you, the audience, you know, why am I lying? I was nervous, <laughs> you know, like, which, which wow. is interesting an yeah. interesting way to approach that. Um, well, there's and, lots, uh, of, lots going on in that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't really change too much of the, there's nothing that really alters the story. Sure. There's just, it's just sort of filling uh, it in more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell, like I said, the, the, the only thing that's kind of an, uh, an exchange is that nightclub scene kind of takes place of the meatpacking. And I don't know why he did that, whether that's in the original script yeah, or not. Uh, but that's, I mean, those are, those are really the big differences. Well, and those novelizations, a lot of the time are based off of like one of the last drafts of the script, which is often before they actually start shooting. Cause they're, they're putting those books out while they're shooting the movie a yeah. lot of times. But why, so, but it's, since it's written by Stallone though, it's at lunch supposed, every day, supposedly <laughs> it's, it is, it is a little strange. Yeah. And it's a very weird read because like I said, cause it is first person it's written in Rocky's speech. So it's, it's, yeah. it's rough it's a rough it's a rough I, read. I, yeah. I don't i don't i've never read them but that's like how the game of thrones books right like the the characters in the story yeah. are narrating Very what's going similar on. yeah so maybe i mean he's, geez, a, he's a visionary yeah wow look at that so first person storytelling <laughs> <laughs> well uh let, let's kind of set the, set the stage for what was uh let's rewind back to 19 let's say 77 uh right after rocky's come out obviously a massive hit uh, a hit at the awards uh you know shows as well it, it was nominated for 10 academy awards it won three and but it you know won for best picture director and editing but for best picture it beat my god like we, i know some everyone talks about this all the time but really amazing amazing films network taxi driver all the president's men and bound for glory i mean each of those is a best picture <laughs> And and Rocky beat all of them. Yeah, yeah. This one's so, the, but Rocky was the cla- as much as it's a great movie. It's a cra- a little more of a crowd pleaser, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely look. Rocky coming out in 1976. You look at you know the new Hollywood movement that that was happening throughout the 70s, and this is like one of the very few sort of uplifting films that came out of that group. So many of the others were were you know dark. Um, it matched the mood in this country at the time, you know, post Nixon, post Vietnam, um, uh, you know, very questionable sort of future and a lot of angry feelings. And you see that in so many films um, from that decade. It's part of why I love it so much, but, but Rocky is like the exception that it's in a way, it feels like more of a, more of a traditional sort of studio movie, even though it's not in that, you know, it's a, it is. It's definitely, you know, a, a crowd pleaser. Well, it has the grit of those movies. Right. I mean, if it, it has the 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 grime of Taxi Driver, it has the Joe Spinell of Taxi Driver, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bright light in the middle of the darkness. You yeah. know, you know, movies. Yes. Obviously, we all love great movies that reflect the time, but ultimately cinema is also it's it's escapism and mm-hmm. to have a movie that kind of captures the world that's being depicted in all those other movies, but does something in a way that is one uplifting, but two is totally relatable to everybody. Um, and I think that's why it 
was it was it's a struck a chord because mm-hmm. it was people needed something to cheer for at that yeah. time and, and you was there for it right and you look at what happened a year later when star wars comes out yeah you know same thing like something different takes them away <laughs> takes their minds out of reality and and look what you got yeah rocky was the original star wars it, it was it was <laughs> you're that's right <laughs> it's at the table for star wars <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, again, back in this time period, there weren't, you know, there weren't franchises. In, in fact, there, it was rare that there was even sequels or a series of films. But, I mean, you had Godfather 2, obviously one of the biggest. Yeah. Uh, they were out there. But, you know, I don't think there was ever really a thought process that this was going to be an ongoing franchise no. throughout no. the decades. It was just one movie. And then with the success of that movie, pretty quickly they greenlit Rocky too, um, right? Wasn't that? I, I'm I'm pretty sure the. Uh, I would imagine so, but yeah, I mean, horror did it in the you yeah. know with the Universal Pictures and then Hammer, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was definitely not common practice to have to even imagine that a series would build from from one yeah. success. You said you had Godfather two, but I can't really think of too many other sequels from that time. I mean, there are. You no, know, you, you have the sting too. <laughs> yeah, and you have, but you had the thematic, yeah, uh, sequels like uh, the the Leone westerns mm-hmm. or even the Dario Argento. Well, I guess Inferno doesn't come out till eighty um, in terms of uh, being a, a kind of sequel to Suspiria. But yeah, it was not common practice for them. I was going to say, in a way, Rocky kind of sets the stage for the the movie franchise eighty eighties yep. too. Yeah, because Rocky starts it. I guess Jaws is sort of a part of it, right? And then Star Wars, and then Indiana Jones, and then then it's like then then it's happening. Yeah, then it's, and you get the slasher movies, right? And you have Halloween's and Friday, Friday the Thirteenth, and yeah, Texas well, like, Chainsaws. Well, like you have the Dirty Harry movies, right? It's not really true. Exactly. True, yeah. Throughout yep. the seventies, right? Uh, um, yeah, they're probably by this point were at least two of the Dirty Harry movies were out, if not three. Yeah, I'm trying to think when the third one came out, but yeah, you probably definitely you had Harry. You probably definitely had Mike with Force by then. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a different kind of thing, you know, right? Yeah, it's but it's quite... it's a good that's a good pull though because that's something I didn't even think about. But it is. I mean, that's a direct sequel with the same hero. Yeah, so I think it's just sort of occurring to studio executives at this time that oh, we can do another one. We can do more with this, and then it would morph into doing three sets of uh, trilogies and prequel trilogies and sequel, you know, quadrilogies. And I love a quadrilogy. I love a good, I just want to, I just want to throw that word out there. Uh, Always love love a quadrilogy. (laughs) What's Rocky up to now? Oh, we, we continue to find out what we've answered that question eight times. Yeah. Something (laughs) like that with Rocky Balboa and the two Korean movies. That's eight Rocky movies. Yeah. What? (laughs) And you know what? Other Why than not? Rocky Five, I I care oh. so much every time. They're all really good, right? The more, you know, more yeah. uh, even Rocky Five has its charm. Rocky you know. Five is for for kids, and then it's fun. You five, know, Five just enjoy it. Rocky Balboa <laughs> feels like a redo of Five. Like here's what I kind of wanted to do with Five, and I'm doing it right this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can also very much Rocky Balboa feels like a very 
could have been a very good sequel to the first one or yeah. the second one. Yeah. There's, you know, there, there's like paths. You know, we talked about it. Dave and I talked about it on some of our other uh, episode, like the Halloween franchise that you could go off and like, it's like a tree. You can go off in a number of different directions with the sequels, what, what you, your continuity is, but you could definitely do one and Rocky Balboa or one and two and Rocky Balboa and still have it be a like completely believable series. Yeah. Um, but uh, John G. Avildsen, who directed the, the first film, won an Oscar for it, uh, opts not to come back for the sequel. I don't know. I, and behind the scenes, I don't know how much Stallone really wanted him to come back. I have a feeling by this point, Stallone really just wanted to take the reins all the way himself. So maybe it worked out that Avildsen, I think, was was lined up to direct Saturday Night Fever. And yeah, that was sort I've of heard. Yeah, and then ends up not directing that movie and does two other movies, I think, that are I've never even heard of. But uh, so I don't know how he felt about this, but (laughs) (laughs) I just watched uh, completely unrelated before you asked me to do this. I had just watched The Power of One. Oh, yeah. For the first time since the 90s, uh, which is an ad John Avildsen boxing movie. Yeah. (laughs) And a young Brad. Doref. Yeah. And then, you know, he eventually does the Karate Kid films, which have so many parallels to Steven Dorf. I'm sorry. Not yeah. Uh, the Karate Kid films have so many parallels to Rocky. Like yeah, totally. on a, a formula level, they're very, they're very close. The first ones, especially. Yeah. So. And Conti does the music too. Yeah. So it's gorgeous. Like Avildsen, he, he knew what worked and, and went back to it. So. After a few missteps, like like neighbors, you ever see that one? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a tough one. An interesting. <laughs> that, was, <film. laughs> that was one when I talked to Bill Conti. Uh, I don't even remember how it came up. It's the, I interviewed him a couple. Now it's been a, a two years ago, so I don't remember every detail. But uh, he says, you know, that's a movie that he scored, and he doesn't even remember doing it. Like he just he doesn't remember the movie. He doesn't remember writing yeah. the score. <laughs> I think everybody took that one. And- and it's the simple switch of, of switching Ackroyd and Belushi just through that, <laughs> that whole thing for a loop. <laughs> anyway, we're, uh, we're digressing here. But uh, so Stallone ends up, you know, the producers, uh, uh, Chardoff and Winkler, have to really push the studio to allow, which was, I believe, MGM UA, uh, who, to allow Stallone to direct it. He had done Paradise Alley in... 77 maybe i think um, well you know it's uh, you know I, I i read this in the in kind of the notes that you sent he, i've also read things that it was very disheartening like i read that uh you know like paradise alley came out while he was making rocky too according to him mm-hmm. so i don't know when they started shooting it because he talks about how it was very discouraging to have this movie that had just come out and been a flop while he was in the middle of making his next movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how, and how discouraging that was and how everybody, it kind of put the pressure on him and Rocky too. I, I could see the, I could see both of what the points that you're making in terms of Stallone probably didn't want Appleton to come back because obviously he had his sights on directing, 
Uh, but I can also see why he is a logical choice to, to take them, pick up sure. the mantle because of he course. was he was so involved in the first, not just writing it, but he choreographed the fight scenes. He was doing rewrites on the scripts throughout the whole movie to make up for the fact that they couldn't get extras for the ice rink scene. You know, yeah. he was constantly changing the script to to accommodate the the budget uh, problems they were having. Uh, and so it, it's almost as if when you hear about how involved he was, it was almost as if he co-directed the first one anyway. Sure. I mean, if he, he may as well have, you know, obviously he he's not credited and, and none of us having been there, hard to tell like what, who is really doing what. But yeah, absolutely. The logical choice is to just, he's already holding the reins anyway. Just let him have it. It's, I don't know if anyone has ever embodied uh, their film as much as Stallone embodies Rocky. So why not? You know, yeah. he's pretty much doing everything else. So when you watch like the special features for Rocky Balboa and they're shooting in the Italian market in South Philadelphia uh, and people are just like, Hey rock. And he's like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> he, you know, he walks around Philadelphia and people just call him Rocky and yeah. he just answers to it. It's not even <laughs> weird. Like he's just, he is Rocky to people, yeah. especially when he's dressed up like that and he's in Philadelphia. So yeah, I mean, nobody has kind of, you're right, has embodied a character the way he has just kind of like embodied that character for himself. Yeah. And then eventually Rambo, but the Rambo is so different. Uh, you know, there's Rambo does not have the emotional uh, content that the Rocky franchise does. The first one, argue, first, first one, one does. does. Yeah. First but one then does. when you get to three, especially, like, it's a whole different ball game. But but this is like this is what the uh, how many times have we had Stallone on our on our show now? I mean, he is the number one actor focused, right, John? Like we've information um, we've covered just, Rocky, we've covered Demolition Man, we've Top covered Land, Cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Uh, uh, but let me say this. Technically, if you want the answer to that, the person who's made the most appearances on our show would be Mr. Tom Atkins. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You want the technical <laughs> answer. It's Fair him. enough. I mean, we're, we are a Tom Atkins podcast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Sly, and like for, for what Sly does, I mean, you got, you got to really respect the fact that he, you know, coming from Rocky and then he just does whatever he wants, right? I, I, and, the, and like, I know... I, I, we didn't cover it, but I always point to Oscar of like, he didn't direct it. He didn't write it. He's just a character in this silly door slamming farce that should be a stage play. And, and it's, I just find it so delightful, but like of all the, you know, the different things that he's done over the years, like, you know, he'll stick to his, you know, the Rocky is like, is is, is such a, there's such heart to that character. Mm -hmm. And then of course it becomes a franchise and then Rambo, the same thing becomes a franchise. Uh, but you know, he, he tells so many different stories and like, you know, he, and even in, when he does uh, stop or my mom will shoot because he just sort of like fell for the, the idea, like in the nineties, you got to do a zany action comedy. Cause like now you're, you're out of it. I, I just, I, I think it, Stallone is the surprising hero of our podcast because we kept doing we keep doing movies about him. and there's like, plenty more there's so there's many more to do, more to do. <laughs> like, we haven't touched Rambo yet <laughs> yeah Rambo's not even a thing rat <laughs> there's so many to, and I just I mean for for whatever it is like be the fact that he had to sort of keep up with Schwarzenegger and when Schwarzenegger became such a 
you know, they were such a, they were in tight competition in mm-hmm. terms of like household names and just sort of like embodying like just the super, super strong, super heroic kind of guy in the eighties and nineties. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's, I think it's interesting the, the his choice of projects over the years. I think yeah. I like them as choices more so than Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger obviously made amazing choices that like made him probably even more well, even wealthier than Stallone on some level, or I mean, who knows, yeah. but you know, Schwarzenegger became like more of a family friendly household name mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but you know, you got it. There's something about what Sly does and picks he stayed relevant. Um, like he stayed, you know, I mean, he's come in and out, but he's found a way to sort of come back, even with the expendables, like, mm-hmm. you know, taking a spin on his own movies and just getting all those old action stars together. I mean, all the way to like Harrison Ford, you know, like, I mean, it's incredible that he's able been able to do it and then rework Rocky. Yeah. Right. Well, he's he's a look, he's a smart guy. He always has been. Yeah. Uh, and I think those choices come out of the fact that uh, I remember doing an episode of Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers and Dion is very much more actor oriented than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the people that don't listen to Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, he's the co-host of that show. Uh, and I said to him, you know, I just don't really I can't think of any actors that I really gravitate towards in terms in the same way i'm more of a f- filmmaker guy i'm into filmmakers he's like well you know bruce campbell and i said oh yeah that's true bruce campbell and he, he said stallone and i said that's true but a lot of what i like about stallone is the fact that he directs and the fact that he writes and even on a, a lot of those movies that you, you even just mentioned he has writing credit on them mm-hmm. um and you know he uh, first blood is a perfect example of the fact that he took allegedly took that script and said, you know, he's a, he's just a, a robot. He's a killer robot. Yeah. <laughs> and he made Rambo uh, relatable and you could sympathize, empathize with that character. And I feel like that's Stallone's greatest strength is his heart. And it, mm-hmm. and you see it in Rocky and oh, everything yeah. that's totally all the movies that work for Stallone in the, mo- in the best are the movies where you can see the, that, you know, he's all heart rocks. Rocky's all heart. And yeah. so is, and so is Stallone. I've come to, you know, a movie that everybody makes fun of, but a movie that I absolutely love is over the top. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. because it's, it is still heartfelt. That montage, <laughs> the, the him and the son, the, you know, working out and training around the, the, the truck. Love it. Yeah. I remember there was a, uh, one of the executives for James Wan's uh, company, Atomic Monster, uh, told me or message. Oh, he he responded to me promoting that on a Canon Films group on Facebook or something, and saying, "Hey, you know, we covered it." And he responded, "It's the single best podcast episode about Canon Films ever." <laughs> it was wow. was our was our over the top episode. Yeah, and you know what? I'm very I'm very proud not of that that he said it. But I was very proud of our over the top episode yeah. because I think it's a movie that doesn't get its due. It totally deserves it. I hadn't watched it. I mean, I saw it when it first came out, but then I, I didn't rewatch it again until I heard your show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get over the top back in there. <laughs> yeah, I want to cover that. I hope we can cover that in the next couple of years. Robert Loja. 
great. Oh yeah, oh, Loja is the the father-in-law or the <laughs> father? Yeah. Is he is he Sly's father? He's a father-in-law. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got to teach but, his son how to go over the top. But uh, he, you know, he's not in Rocky too, unfortunately. Though. No, Robert Loja. But I, th- I, and I think that I think over the top single-handedly. I remember in grade school, there was lots of arm wrestling matches. Oh my but, god, I so mean, popular then. But I don't know if the movie. I mean, I think that might be a vestige of just like this is this is one thing you do as kids. Like you, you do. Prove, I don't think there's arm wrestling matches going on now. And no, it much. was completely because of over the top. <laughs> I think it's part of it. Yeah, because <laughs> like, you can't fight each other. You know, you're not supposed to fight each other or wrestle. But like, okay. <laughs> well, the fact well, that as a kid you could buy an over the top arm wrestling table. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. that you could arm wrestle your friends and proper yeah. over the top floor. officially licensed <laughs> over the top arm wrestling tape anyway. i i smell a, a next year's christmas present for david you know what i like uh, but uh what's going on in rocky too what's so you know watching it as an adult and and uh, you know part of what's so fascinating about it is the parallels of what's happening with Stallone in his life and Rocky in his life that, you know, you've got the Rocky has the success of that fight and the, the um, personal success of it. And, and at least a short-term financial success of it and a popular, you know, skyrocketing in popularity. Same thing with Stallone who goes from, uh, you know, an actor that nobody knew to a megastar who's, uh, you know, holding an Academy Award. And then where do you go from there? What do you do next? He does uh, a movie called Fist, which I have actually never seen and don't know that much about, but I don't think it was a major success. And it wasn't (laughs) right. Yeah. And then you've got Paradise Alley, which was not a success. Um, And he's got an appearance on the Muppet show, which I think was a success because we've seen that clip. That's awesome. but, you know, I think it was very questionable about like, OK, is this a one hit wonder or is this how is he going to sustain this momentum and taking that and making that Rocky story makes so much sense, like we've said, and works so well because the entire movie is just about that journey and him wanting to step away and start a family. And but he's got to support that family. He's also injured from the fight that he's. You know, what was it his was it his left eye, right? That's his eye. He's got like an eye injury. Yeah, I think it's his right eye. Right eye. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so you know, he's impaired. He's trying the commer- You know, do commercials and publicity stuff, and he's terrible at it. Yeah. Uh, so he realizes very quickly, like this money I got and this success that I have, it's going to run out real fast if yeah. I don't figure out what to do. Also, it's just it's it's also just a great story about the business of show whether it be sports or this because even you know he gets paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for to for to fight apollo in the first and then joe spinell says well how much did how much did you bring home and he said thirty seven thousand yeah right <laughs> sounds great but the end of the yeah. day yeah and, the and then he just he's never had money he doesn't know how to what to do with it and he just frivolously, you know, kind of throws it, throws it all away. In, and all of a sudden it's in seventies dollars though. So yeah, that's true. You know, that's, yeah. 37 and you know, 70, 
Yeah, but he buys he buys the car. He buy you know all the like expensive clothes. He gets a house. real uh, yeah the house right. Um, the, the dog, dog. yeah dog and the dog collar yeah Butkus <laughs> right. Buckus buys is, duck, uh, he buys him a duck a uh, Butkus a dog collar and he buys himself a dog collar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what's what's he going to do after that? So that that's the big question and and wrestling with that and and at the same time carl weathers performance as apollo is really fantastic in this film you know we spend a little bit more time with him and see his side of it that this is just he didn't lose the title but he definitely did he apollo did not win yeah well he's in my opinion uh he's another you know i was talking about earlier how the first movie is just lightning in a bottle and everybody's just, everybody's perfect. It's yeah. the script is perfect. Everybody in it's perfect. And Carl Weathers is perfect in the first one. He's yeah. so good. And, uh, and it's interesting because he said something to the effect of he tried very hard. He knew Apollo was the antagonist, but he tried very hard not to make him a villain. Yeah, exactly. And, and he definitely did that. Yeah. And he's totally successful at it. And, uh he's just he's so good he's so good in both of them and yeah his his arc in the second one is it's not so much of an arc but his story in the second one is so great and uh tony burton i love the scene where he's talking tony burton's like we don't need baby we don't need this guy in our life and his speech was i saw this man i i saw you you beat this man worse than i've ever seen anybody ever get beaten and he just kept on coming at you yeah uh, and I just I love Tony Burton so much. And, I love uh, it, yeah. And that scene is so great. I I do see Apollo as a little more of a villain in this one, though. I in this mean, totally in this one, but like just you know he's he's tough to. It's tough to have a like respect for him. You know, I I, I get it in the first one, but like this yeah. one's, this one's tough. He he's very ego driven. You know, it's very satisfying. What you know, whatever deficiency of like not actually beating Rocky. You know. Um, you know, winning by that split decision, it's it's really one round. You know, it's like it was, yeah. I think that that's a split decision. So it it, it it's then it, I get it. Like he's not a, he's not a villain villain, but it, it is yeah. like it's he's he's using like villainous tactics, sort yeah, of. Yeah, you know, to, and he goads him into that, and like it's and it's very macho like bullshit of like calling him a chicken and that oh that's what get that's what gets mickey riled up <laughs> we gotta we gotta take this asshole down he called you a chicken in the newspaper yeah that was a that was Ugh. a big time uh you know that was that was uh calling that, somebody out with that that should worked man marty mcfly too you know you don't call him yellow um like, I, mean, I think i think though yeah i totally agree with you uh she, but it's I, a cheap way to get them to get together you know? yeah well it's also it's there's something about there's a tv there's a tv appearance that he does is what gets mickey all fired up not really the the newspaper thing, well that, but, yeah yeah you're right but it's the but, same it's the same yeah. idea like it's but, not like that uh it's not that like uh, i don't know yeah i mean totally bad. i mean yeah it's definitely ego driven but yeah. I don't know. I think it's, but I think in a way it's, it's, uh, it's relatable in that it's sure. a, it's a, something we can relate to that we're probably not proud of that we can relate to, <laughs> to the way he feels. I mean, it can, in a way, it kind of relate to what Rocky says, you know, I, 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 I never, I would never ask you to stop being a woman. So don't ask me to stop being a man, which is an absurd line because, you know, that has, has nothing to do with being a fighter. But, but I guess for these guys, it does mean that. And, uh, 
and and so I so I can see I can just understand whether I agree with it or not. I can understand Apollo's feelings towards it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's very of the time, very of the of you know men's values, men. You know, uh, you know, especially especially in something of the sport of boxing. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all of all the things to compare your you know. Uh, your manhood or whatever to masculinity is, masculinity yeah. it's it the boxing is a great frame that yeah. <laughs> like you're gonna see that extremity uh yeah but it's also you know he's 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 spent his whole life to become the champ yeah and to now be discredited i mean it, it, there's more of an input there's more at stake than just uh i think personal uh pride in a way that people don't believe that he people think that he threw the fight yeah uh, right you know what i not that the movie needed it but it would have been something of like him sort of regretting he picked him out of a phone book essentially yeah. in the first movie like it's apollo's apollo where apollo ends up after the first movie is, is entirely his own fault right yeah. so oh yeah there's nothing yeah. about that of his yeah. own oh shit i did this to myself that's yeah, and and sort so he so he makes Rocky a target. Um, so there's there's that there's that that's the missing piece I think of that of of his arc or yeah. You know, I always love that. that. That's one of the things that I. That's another one of those perfect things in the first one is like the whole reason why this fight even happens is because Rocky's nickname is the Italian Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sees that and he's like, that's that's it. Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion. It's like yeah. goddamn monster movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can't market something. You can make it up better. You know, like, he just found the perfect thing. So it's fate. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, you know, I don't see Apollo as the villain, but I necessarily, but it's uh, I'm rooting for Rocky the whole way. I mean, it's Rocky's movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, <laughs> obviously, yeah. but uh, and that's something with this is like, look, I, you know, Talia Shire, wonderful. And the way it's her, you know, Adrian's written, you know, when she accepts his proposal and gets married to him, why is she still so completely frightened at all moments? It's not Talia's performance, particularly, but like she's not smiling. She's not in love. Like she doesn't seem like she's in love with him. You know what I mean? She's, and I get it. She's introverted. Like this is her character. She would not be this person, right? But he's forcing her out, out of that. But there's like it's it's hard to find the breakthrough until i i mean even and even her waking from the coma and saying when like okay like how did that how did that come out come about how did she come out of the coma after everything she was like sort of standing against rocky for you know uh and then like do it do risk everything kill yourself like face this villain face this guy so there's like this is the like this the there's sprinkles of like sort of it's getting a little it's getting a little silly here to me yeah uh in this one that it satisfies rocky's needs and nobody else's you know um yeah i mean in terms of her being you know such a downer through the whole first half of the movie it's just i think she's just waiting for the like the other shoe to drop she sees Mm -hmm. that he's spending the money but she also is like you should get yourself one because she's also never had any money either i think she you know she says look the bank says we can get a loan at this you know i think she just i think she's just really scared 
through all of it. And it's, it's about the finances. It's about the change of her life, obviously. Cause it was just like three weeks ago. She was living with her brother who treated yeah. her like shit. Yeah. You know? And then, uh, yeah, obviously that the, she wakes up and she tells him to, to win. It, yeah. It's a very convenient story device. I mean, it, there's, it would have been, it, I mean, it could have been more earned, obviously, you know, she obviously yeah. doesn't, she doesn't listen to Polly when Polly goes and says like, look, if you don't get behind him, he's going to get killed. Like yeah. you're, you're hurting him. You're not helping him. Yeah. And maybe in her, maybe in a coma, she, she thought that she thought about that. A lot. <laughs> well, that well, could, that, that could be because there was nothing Rocky couldn't deny who he is. Right. So he, he said, I'm sorry. And he went out the front door. Right. So yeah. Rocky can't be changed. So it's either she either has to be as obstinate as he is, or she has to allow him to be. So maybe, so maybe that's where it comes from. You know, like she, yeah. She's just happy to be alive, and she, you know Rocky's going to be. If he needs Rocky, to be, the Rocky's going to be Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it can't is stop sort that. Of, yeah. So I mean, I guess that I guess to a, that does make sense a lot. Of but it is. Right. I mean, you're right. It totally is convenient, and it's and why it works <laughs> in that scene is because Bill Conti's music cue comes in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gone of, going the distance kicks in, and then we go right into a montage and. <laughs> and now and it's then, on. Now, now, now it's on. on. We've but, accepted it. Okay, I, let's do it now. But I, as I was rewatching this, I couldn't. I honestly, I couldn't remember if she wakes up before or after the fight. So I was like, "Is he going to get her out of a coma by beating the shit out of Apollo <laughs> Creed? Is that how he saves her life?" <laughs> but, <laughs> but again, those like I don't know, twenty minutes we spend with her in the hospital and him by the bedside and all that. I mean, boy, does that just just make the movie for me in terms of defining Rocky of all the choices he's making, all the things he's trying to do, all of that. And no matter what it was, it all comes down to her, even though it's like, it's, he's kind of a force, you know, he's a force of nature with her, right? He's sort of always just sort of pulling her toward what he wants the whole time, you yeah. know? And it's like, I almost don't even understand why he loves her so much in a sense. Like what, what's so great about their like interpersonal relationship, but whatever that is, it's that, you know, that's working for, for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, he dedicates himself to her and, and, and dedicates himself hard. And then as soon as it's time to, he gets the go ahead. Okay. Now he gets his montage. I like, yeah. Well, and you know, right, you know that's it dope. too. Like, you know, at that point when that montage starts, at least uh, I remember just thinking like, He's he's got to win. Like, there's no way he's not winning he has this fight. To win this, this shit, right? <laughs> like, I know how this is going to end, and I I want to see every second of it. Yeah, yeah. But to, but to talk about uh, the the extended sequence of of uh, Adrian in a in a coma, uh, yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's it's the kind of the backbone of the whole movie because it, because because the first one is so much about their the development of their love story that and she really is the prize at the end like she is what yep. he wins at the end of the first one uh but i also think that what i love about that sequence is it shows that like mickey now cares for him too mm -hmm. they're know? like a family like the whole all of them have sort of come together as a family yeah and he's like well if you want to sit here then i'll sit here I'll sit here with you. And then, so you, then you see Mickey sitting, I can sleep in a yeah. chair, falling asleep in a chair. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things that when I, we did karate kid on Saturday, Night might be sleepovers and why I, I loved 
that movie so much is so much that relationship between Miyagi and Daniel. And I realized when we did that episode that, you know, as I kind of insinuated at the beginning of this discussion, that my grandparents kind of helped me raise me when I was little. So I was very close to my grandfather. Uh, and you really, you know, you do, obviously there's a relationship in the first movie, but Mickey, you know, I love the relationship and I love how they, my favorite scene of that whole movie is when Mickey goes over to visit Rocky and tells him you need a manager. Uh, but you see that relationship develop in this one mm-hmm. and you see that kind of surrogate father mm-hmm. and son relationship start to blossom. That becomes much bigger in three, uh, obviously. But yeah, that's the, the, the that, those scenes are some of the best scenes in the whole movie is just him trying to read, you know, William S. Burroughs books to her. <laughs> She's going to go in the novelization. One of the other, the other big, thing that I, I didn't mention before is he he's leaning on the bed and he falls asleep and he has a dream where he flies out the window and he's flying over um philadelphia and it's because he he's looking for her like wherever i am he feels like he's like dead or he's in some and he's looking for her and then what wakes him out of it is that she starts to move it's when she wakes up and she wakes up and he thinks he's still dreaming that she's mm-hmm. opened her eyes and stuff oh wow. um which is, it's a little cheesy in the book, but it's also kind of a nice touch. If they shot it, it, it would have been great if they shot it like Superman. <laughs> his like arm, the boy, just who, one the boy arm. who could fly, the <laughs> other arm behind his back, and he's just like, he's flying. And oh, Philadelphia, man. how grimy is that city, by the way? <laughs> Holy shit. Nothing about Philadelphia is pleasant until you get to the art museum at the end. <laughs> it's, a, it's an old city. It's an old city. <laughs> um, is Sly, Sly is from there? Is that right? Is that I don't it? know if he's a. I don't. I don't know if he was born there, but I. So, best of my knowledge, he grew. He spent a lot, uh, at least a period of his youth uh, growing up there. Gotcha. And then you you were there until you were nine, and then I went to school to at LaSalle in the oh, okay late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, still have good good friends there who uh, uh in Philly. But uh, I'll never go back there. <laughs> that's it. You just you, that you drew a line it. in the sand. That's uh, that's all right. I know I belong. I, I the further west I go, the better off I am. So <laughs> the East Coast has a chip on its shoulder. I cannot I cannot uh, hang with. But uh, uh, God bless all the uh, the people that that continue to keep those wonderful cities and towns uh, thriving. Yeah, and I think I think there is something lovely about you know Mick. Mick could have just gone back to the gym, you know, just gone back waiting for Rocky to, to, to come back, but he stuck with him. You know, that, 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 yeah, that, that father son relationship surrogate thing um, really works. I, I just, I, the, the, like there, there's so many parts about Rocky too, that just, it's, it's really a, a logical extension of that first movie. And um and and I, I think all the notes are just really hit really well. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a magical thing, right? I mean, it's not a better movie, I guess, of the first one, but it's a different movie, right? It's, it's a, the yeah, next level. It's, it's not. I mean, the obviously the first one is establishing it, and and it's got the. I, I mean, I don't know if I want to say the stronger story to tell. Like this is a great what it is. It's a great chapter two to yeah. an amazing first story. So. But all these characters, I mean, from, you know, Apollo to Polly to just everybody is like sort of along this ride with him. 
and they're all all of their characters are evolving and they can continue to evolve through the franchise. I mean, with Polly, like we we kind of move very quickly away from the fact that he was probably beaten up, you know, uh, Adrian and was abusive to her that and really was not a good guy in that first one until that moment, you know, where he lifts the ropes for her and she comes in the ring like to me that that's a moment that gets me every time I see it. It, it like, yeah. you know, this guy who almost like seems like he hates his sister and then does something just so beautiful for her and so subtle. So just a small thing, but it means so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too far into the first one, but there's so much, I, I, I mean, I, through my journey of the last, you know, 10, 10, 15 years has been my love of Burt Young as Pauly and of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really kind of underutilized in two. Uh, but yes, I mean, obviously we gloss over the, the, the obvious abuse, but this, his, he's so beautifully portrayed in the first one. And he's and it's part of what I was saying before, which is, you know, they're all rocky and he and he but he never does get his chance. And just the the mise-en-scene of having. Oh, you brought that term out. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Yeah, We see a picture of him in like a naval outfit mm-hmm. in the first one. And so, you, you know, that there is like this other life and. He. And things just didn't work out for whatever reason for him. And he takes it out on her and he's like, and, and that's why that, I mean, the scene where he goes crazy and he's banging, he's hitting things with the bat and he's yelling and, and she's like, I don't owe you anything. And it's just, cause that is the moment that she, cha- that's her yeah. pivot. And then she goes and she said, how would you want a roommate? And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but it, you know, he's so, sad he's so lonely and he's so pitiful and in that scene it kind of all boils to a head and not that it uh justifies any abuse that he 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 may have both emotionally or possibly physically given to her you at least understand that he's just you at least understand why Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he is the way he is. Yeah. And in that first movie, the the fact that the first time we see him, he's trying to fix his hair in a broken mirror <laughs> in the first movie is just so perfect. Like even the way Paulie looks, he, it's important to him. You know, his appearance yeah. is important to him. And the fact that at the end he brings a prostitute to the fight of the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, he's so more than even Stallone embodying rocky i I, like when i look at bird young he just you you can only imagine his performance in that first movie that they hired paulie to be himself in this movie (laughs) they they just captured (laughs) documentary style this guy he's so he's good in that movie he's kind of always paulie too i mean he's a great actor but even when even when he shows up on the sopranos like years later uh, you know he still has you know hints of Polly there with him but you, you see in the third movie the third movie is really where you get that explode where he sort of like lets it out in the right in the opening of the third movie yeah yeah where he like you know all his frustrations and jealousy really like come through 
and then they kind of work it out. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also uh, in two, I mean, it's kind of an interesting because now in a way, Paulie becomes successful in the second one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, well, you need, you need a handout. You need money. You know, he ends up buying the car. He's doing really well with Gazo. Yeah. He's lost weight. And, uh, which did he do that? I, I, I thought I heard a rumor that he, he didn't really want to come back for the second movie and had lost weight for another part. Uh, and then eventually agreed to do it. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, I can't imagine. I mean, I guess I can imagine that somebody wouldn't want to come back for it, but uh, hey, it, it, I mean, it happens. Look at uh, Richard Castellano in Godfather One was like <laughs> didn't end up in two. Robert Duvall didn't end up in three. It, it you know does happen. Yeah, but you know Duvall had a little more going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit yeah. <laughs> than Bird Young. He's only yeah, made just, six thousand movies. He's kind of he he's underutilized in two in terms of a, a character and what he has to do. But again, I, th- I think he delivers it. You know, he comes yeah. he's eating a snow cone and he's he's thriving as a as a money collector. Uh, and but you do also in those scenes where she gets sick, you know, and you you do see that he cares for her mm-hmm. ultimately. You know, like he's he's upset when she collapses and then he comes to bring her flowers and he sees that Rocky's in there and he just, you know, for doesn't want to interrupt whatever's going on there, but he's, you know, you do see that he through it all, he does care about his sister. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and uh, watches the fight with her to help her take care of the baby during the fight and all that. <clears throat> and the fight, how many face punches <laughs> happened? Well, that's, there are so many connected that's in, blows. But that's, in, that's in all of the Rocky movies. The, the, the fights, the, that's part of where you have to sort of, again, start to separate it from reality. That the Can, choreography and the, the actual boxing fights themselves, I mean, nobody punches each other in the face that many times in a real boxing match. Like, yeah, humans I, couldn't I, survive that. Like the Rocky, and as a child, I didn't watch boxing matches, but uh, in a sense, like, so the Rocky movies ruined boxing for me because when I watched a real boxing match, I'm like, this is a nothing. Like, they, they're <laughs> barely hitting each other and yeah. they're always hugging, they're always hugging each other. So they don't get the, you know, they're always grappling. So they don't have to take the, the blows. And I was like, and just watching this again, <laughs> like, so many Rocky takes so many jabs to the face, like so many. Like that's, yeah. that's his style. That's how he blocks punches. Yeah, <laughs> there was like no. He doesn't block one goddamn punch. He does like, it with his face. He, he blocks <laughs> him. He just blocks it with his face. And like, well, but for this is all for dramatic purpose. No, it's no, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying this is a bad movie because the boxing is inaccurate. <laughs> like it's just you know, it's but it's funny to think of like. Just the devastation to an actual person if if these punches were actually landing would you know would be just out of control. <laughs> well, and that is that is something to be said though for for young viewers coming to the movie. Like, you know, I watch a lot of these movies that we cover with my kids, and they did point that out when we watched Rocky too, specifically that they were like, "How like this doesn't seem like anyone would be hit this many times. It, it couldn't happen." Like. Yeah, there's it's it's all for the purposes of the story. So, 
I've been punched in the face exactly one time and I cried afterwards. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was after a rough recording. Well, I was yeah, John, unhappy like, and I've forgiven you, but I yeah. tell you, I, there's still scars. That's why we have the partition now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I totally hear you and see. I love all it. Of that, I mean, I love, it. I, love I, it. I don't. I'm not like again. I I will take it as the world of Rafi. I don't care. Like, but is it's really funny. Like there are just countless blows. Just and that, that slow motion, super slow motion ending to the fight. You know, it's just takes forever and i love it because now as an adult I'm like you know i love that build up to to the moment when it's going to happen as yeah. a kid though i was just like oh my god like do it 10 times faster <laughs> well with, with when they're both when they're both down and getting up yeah 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 when they're well, being counted out well like and the, that count that counting out that is like for me back to the future i still don't know if marty mcfly is going to make it back to 1985 right and the yeah, climax totally because the music the tension the, the the action i don't i still don't know and i am still enthralled and that's that's exactly what happened i, like, I say the same thing about back to the future all the time how that's does rocky why, get, yeah you get me <laughs> it's like every time i'm always i'm always on the edge of my seat is he gonna like, make it oh my i don't think he's gonna i don't know <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure he might be stuck in 1955 and that was the same thing with the, the count out um the way that was edited it was like Rocky's yeah getting, well he's never getting up like, yeah like, I, I love conti's music in this it, it, there's a lot of recycled music from the first movie mm -hmm. throughout the movie but, but uh, that's the, okay yeah because the music's great and it's rocky you know and, it's that, the, and that's it's the themes it's like it's okay to have those themes and come back to them and but he does it with a different spin in this in each movie really yeah yeah but even but this you know when it goes to slow motion you have the music gets all creepy, which it does too in three during the poly scene mm -hmm. that we were talking about in the beginning of three. But you have like, I don't even know what horns is doing, but it's like these weird, like whale call. Yeah. <laughs> like know? wavy kind of sound. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it's, I mean, Conti's a genius. When I interviewed Conti uh, in relation, and we were talking about the first one, I talked about him about the first one more than I did in any of the other ones, but um he told me, and so I, I can only take with the, from his, uh, from what he says, but he says that they shot and edited the entire fight for the first movie. And it was originally in the movie. And, and the, one of the executives said, well, what are you doing? <laughs> the guy's like, just show, show me the first two rounds and show me the last two rounds yeah. <laughs> and then just fill it in. Like, you can't sit here for 45 minutes. Yeah. They did 15, they, they shot 15 rounds. That's like, what God, what's that? That's what Conti says. It I, seems absurd. I would believe it. I would believe it though, with, with the yeah. way that was being choreographed and, and not mm. knowing what you're going to always use later. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I can see it. Well, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to see as I'm watching this. I'm like, can I, could I take the the Teen Wolf montage music, <laughs> "Win in the End" by Mark somebody, I'm blanking on his name. Could I paste that over the fight and still get the same energy? And you know, Conti's great, but I feel like I would still really enjoy the fight <laughs> if, it, if it's just Rocky fighting <laughs> against that Teen Wolf music. Well, I mean, that, that's equally as good music. I it's would never argue that. <laughs> it's it's such a great song. It's a great tune. I love it. <laughs> or or was it You're the Best from Karate, what, Karate yeah. Kid? Oh, was that one or two? It was one, right? 
It was the first one, yeah. Yeah. Is that from yeah. Crowded Kid? That song? Yeah. The best around. <laughs> yeah, that's some good stuff. Um, yeah. God, this. Uh, I, I Bill Conti's score. You know. I, yeah. It's... It, it really is amazing. I mean, just uh, not only just the first movie. Obviously, the bulk of the material is built during for the first movie, but um, you know, I, I just. Those those somber notes. I'm going back to the first one for a second, but those somber <laughs> notes when he's alone, yeah, uh, you know, alone in his apartment, he's looking in the mirror and he's looking at his picture of him as a child. Like that's one of my favorite moments. That really just kind of yeah. sad, lonely music. Just it's one of the best examples of encapsulating a character in the music that I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's really hard to do that and do it so well. Yeah, I mean, Conti, you know, he, he in a lot of ways never really got his due. Uh, I no. mean, I think he was nominated. I can't remember if he won, but he got nominated for the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe Gonna Fly Now was nominated for the first movie. I know it was a hit, but it wasn't a hit really because, uh, you know, he, when they eventually released the soundtrack, it became a hit again. But, uh, Somebody like Maynard Ferguson or somebody covered Gone or Fly Now for the uh, when the first movie came out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his music in Rocky. Um, no, he was not nominated for, for the first movie, at least. Sure, he was. Was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, for, yep, for, for, for yep. Gone to Fly Now. Yep. But did With, not win. For the music and Carol Connors and Ayn Robbins for lyrics. Uh, but did not win. I, I, I interviewed the. One of the writers I was trying to write, I was going to try to write a book about the first Rocky score. You know, the um, I forget what publisher puts them out, but there's these 33 and a third books, and they're each about an album, mm-hmm. very small books about an album. And I pitched a book about right that Rocky soundtrack, <laughs> and I wanted to I wanted to write a little book about that. So I interviewed one of the one of the uh, lyricists. Uh, for gonna fly now but she, they also wrote music for, uh lyrics for some of the other songs yeah. in the movie but yeah i mean the, it's the same thing i mean the reason why one of the main reasons why i love the karate kid so much is conti's score uh yeah he's just brilliant and he just understands how to tell a story musically and i think for me like i said in the beginning of this you know when i hear the rocky like i can hear the mu- maki music and just cry from it because mm-hmm. the it's so linked to that movie and the emotions that 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 get conjured up in me while I listen to it that the music alone can do that for me and and there's not really a whole lot of other music that can do that for me some of some of Williams' stuff from Star Wars gets me uh, because of that relationship of growing up watching those movies mm-hmm. um, but Conti's just he's a master storyteller in his own right and be yeah. able to tell the story through music. It's just it's such a beautiful marriage and the way he captures uh, not just Rocky as a character or all of them as characters, but the, the fight and the, and uh, the, the yearning to, to, to go the distance and <laughs> does everything about it during and, and his fight mu- music is always just so great. It just, there's a momentum to it that just works. And we see that that 
if that note existed from an executive to be like, show us the first two rounds and show us the last two rounds, that becomes the template for Rocky fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the fights themselves sort of become a montage, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you, you start having montages. There's, you know, Rocky four has two training montages. Oh my God. And they're all amazing. <laughs> every one of them. Mont- well, this, Mont- yeah, the, the, the great. This, there's some of the greatest montage movies of all time. I thought, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Like the, the really birthed the the montage sequence, which is Eisenstein would be proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like Karate Kid and Rocky, all you know, five movies of Rocky, three Karate Kids, Conti's music is charging you into all of those climactic battles, and it's it you're hooked, and it's all in the yeah. same. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. And in the uh, late the later movies, I mean, they use more of of you know they uh, they're not u- really using Conti's score, especially in the fourth movie. Yeah, uh, oh. Vince DiCola does yeah. the score for the the fourth one. But they're oh, still sorry. they still work in uh, in so many ways. You know, even if they're but, using like eighties music too. Yeah, but even DiCola's score, which Rocky Four is also a score that I absolutely love, and I've come mm-hmm. to appreciate even more over the years. You can tell that even though he's not maybe using Conti's music all that much, you, you do hear some Gonna Fly Now come in here and there, mm-hmm. but you can definitely tell that he's Conti has set up a template. There's a formula that Conti has established sure. that whether he's using the actual music or not, he has to, he does follow the rules of how the music works, where it comes in, mm-hmm. how it, how it works in the montage, how it works in the fight. Like everything's been established by four. So that even though Conti's not there to do it. And I think uh, the, the man's name is escaping me because uh, it's, it's, it's a hard name. Uh, but the guy that does the Creed movies, I think also mm-hmm. does a fantastic job of yeah. one capturing the world of Rocky without just doing Conti's music through the majority of the movie. Uh, but then even when the Creed movies, when it comes, when he gets to that point and then Conti's music comes in, <laughs> it just, it becomes a Rocky movie. Oh yeah. And uh, the, the waterworks fire up yeah. and, it's, and it's Conti's music more than anything that gets me in those end fight scenes of the Creed movies. No, no matter what happens in this franchise, like I, care about rocky i care what happens to him i i always get sad looking at the franchise as a whole that you know you starting with uh, you know spoiler alert everybody uh if you haven't seen anything past two just click it off right now um you know you lose characters each movie you whittle away you know you lose mickey you lose apollo you lose um you know you lose uh, adrian at yeah. a certain point and, and in it, five it, you were supposed to lose rocky yeah five but we didn't oh. <laughs> um, gonna die yeah but uh we you know at the end it's and then tony burton sort of makes it through all the way to rocky balboa and then when we hit creed we see that paulie is gone and and i think they mentioned that tony burton's character which i forgot his name is it duke tony duke, duke i was gonna something. say drake but yeah duke um that he that he's gone as well so it's when you hit Creed, you're left with just Rocky. Rocky is alone again. He's come full circle. He's back in that kind of grungy apartment, you know, or house, whatever. And and he spends a lot of time at Adrian's grave, just talking to her. Like yeah. those scenes got me so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rocky. when I saw, I saw, I remember I saw Creed. I don't know if it was opening day, but it was. 
Thanksgiving Day. I was here by I was here in New York by myself. I didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. I went to see that and seeing Rocky, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Greed yet, <laughs> seeing Rocky like suffering with cancer was like seeing a member of my family struggling. Yeah. And I like snot coming out of my nose. I was, I would thank God, like nobody else was at the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a mess. I, I saw that movie. I saw it at home with my kids and I'm like, I'm like biting on like a blanket so i'm like if i stop biting on this i'm gonna lose it right <laughs> and at the end when he he's he's struggling to walk up the steps yeah uh it just said it, it got me i yeah. mean it, i mean look the the fact that he was able to bring back rocky for rocky balboa and have it work yeah was shocking and the fact that somebody else who it was inspired by Rocky two growing up, watching Rocky two with his dad mm-hmm. was able to bring back that character again in, in a lot of people's minds. When you, so you start talking about Rocky on Twitter, Creed is a lot of people's favorite Rocky movie. I think they're a little younger than we are. Sure. <laughs> you know, they Rocky. didn't, they you know, didn't grow awesome. up with it. Uh, but the fact that so successfully, Rocky wrote again. Yeah. And uh, I'm not as, as thrilled with, I'm not as into Creed 2 as I was. With yeah. The first I mean, one. It, it wasn't, it wasn't as strong. I mean, it's cute. It, the, yeah. It's cute to tie it in with four, but, and wrap that <laughs> storyline up. <laughs> the way I think of Creed 2 is if you took all the scripts and all the movies from all the Rocky movies and you loaded them into a computer and you told AI to, to make a, make another Rocky movie. <laughs> That's Creed Two. <laughs> like Creed, it's a mix it would of spit. Everything. It would spit. It would spit out Creed Two. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Creed Two. I saw Creed, but I didn't see the second one. It's uh, it's interesting how much the franchise has changed and kind of circled back around because you know, yeah. like we talked about, you've got one and two who are its own kind of style and they mesh very well together. Even though you can see a slight difference when we hit, you know, when we transition into two. You can tell, like, well, Polly's lost weight. It's a little bit of a different film quality. Uh, Adrian is you know, hair and makeup a little different for her. But um, when we click over to three, a lot's changed for Stallone, uh, who is securely a major star celebrity. He's made it. You know, he cemented it probably because of Rocky two being a success. Uh, and then three and four are much more of your standard Hollywood uh, gung-ho pro-America, you know, kind of, kind of movies uh, and more of action movies, really. Like I said before, there's three fights in, in Rocky three, and it's one of the shortest running times, I think. Um, and four, you get two big fights, a lot of montages, you know, a lot of, it feels like constantly action and there's, there's not yeah. as many of those soft, quiet moments. Yeah. He's and you driving get the around, robot. you get, you get the no easy way out montage, Moscow, you, know? <laughs> you get the two Moscow uh, training yeah. montages. Yeah. Uh, before is great. And I just recently, because I watched, watched the director's cut. Of yeah. What do you recently. think? I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I've heard cut. about it. Yeah. Stallone over COVID decided that he was going to go back and recut four. No shit. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And it's on, I think you can get it on pay-per-view or you can rent it right now. Yeah. Not pay-per-view, but on demand. He adds 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has 38 minutes, but takes out oh. like 42 or something like that. Oh, really? Like he takes out a bunch and adds a bunch? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, really? It's, he takes out, I don't want to ruin it for you, but he, he takes out the robot. Oh, all come all on. To, oh, all no, the robot. The, the robot is the heart <laughs> of the Rocky <laughs> franchise. The opening of the movie. <laughs> It doesn't work for me. The move, the four. It's yeah. an interesting someone who loves the series as much as I do and, and knows almost every frame of each of the movies. Yeah. It's a really interesting watch to see what change, what changes he makes, what footage existed uh, that he didn't put in that were put into four. But uh, ultimately, it, it does the movie itself. The, the rhythms are weird to me, and maybe yeah. it's just because I'm used to it being a certain way that yeah. it just feels weird. Uh, you can kind of, uh, it, to me, it feels like a really, it feels like a rough cut. It feels mm-hmm. like you're watching a really clean, fine, rough cut. And, uh, but you're like, yeah, it, the, it, all those cuts <laughs> made a ma- made a masterpiece ultimately. You know, so he, of 80s-ness. so <laughs> he, so during, so during the pandemic, he was just like, well, I got nothing else to do. Let me I, I put guess. 10 million Early. into this and add more footage and why you didn't do five i don't uh, know yeah uh, like uh, there's a lot of maybe there's too much work to be done with five <laughs> you know you could strip out all that 90s early 90s you know uh, hip-hop and yeah uh but there's you know there's that i don't know if you guys ever seen it but there is a uh there is a a rough cut that has floated around from time to time mm-hmm. online of five that Takes the kid uh, out, takes the son out of the movie entirely. Yeah. Well, it's just Tommy make... Morrison out. Takes the... <laughs> I'm sure you could run Tommy Morrison's performance through some kind of AI and make it a better performance now. Yeah. Uh, machine gun. But yeah, yeah five certainly the one that that needed it more. I think. Well, you know, so much changes between two and three, and that Rocky is suddenly like Rocky's very different in three. He's extremely wealthy well off he doesn't you know he speaks acts looks like more of a you know upper class rich guy you know which he is but uh, like he just doesn't feel like the same rocky to me i like that rocky too but um he's just a different rocky and then you know if you parallel one and two and three and four they're just very different takes on the same character and then with five, you have that abrupt change right back to trying to get back to the original Rocky, you know, down to the wardrobe, the hat, everything. Um, and it's just, it, it five just feels like it's lost its way a bit. And, and it wasn't really clear how that was going to work. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I mean, you can say, well, you know, what was, what could the logical next step for the Rocky character be? And, and this seems like a logical Okay, he lost. He loses everything. Yeah, and he has to go back. He has to, but yeah, it just didn't. Ultimately, it just didn't work. Although I remember seeing it, and uh, I, I remember I saw four and five in the movie theater mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, and the audience cheered at the end of five. I mean, it worked yeah. when you were there. <laughs> if you lived in Philly, like, yeah, look, you I grew to. up. Yeah. I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I watched every episode of The Office religiously and it was a good show but there were times i did not enjoy the office but i, was, <laughs> I watched it because hell yeah it takes place in screen <laughs> like 
So same thing, you know, if you're yeah. in Philly, like that Rocky is is one of Philly's heroes, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's Forever. right up there with Benjamin Franklin. Who, <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, it, the the uh, oh, what was I going to say the the um, about Rocky five. Ah, damn, I'm, I lost the thought because now I just want to talk about awesome the Scranton, how awesome Scranton is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to it if you remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, by the time you get to Rocky Balboa, it's like they've righted the ship. You know, they've, they've figured out what... It, all right, let's get back to basics. Let's think about this. In 2006, where would Rocky be? And it makes so much sense that it's stirred up by ESPN and, yeah. you know, doing that dream, basically a video game dream fight um, of the current champion versus one of the best of history, which is Rocky, and like you know, telling essentially the George Foreman story. So, but it yeah. works, and and yeah. it's and I love the ending of that, and it feels like a great farewell. Yet, we get Creed again finds a way to bring it back and have it make sense. Like that storyline makes total sense. That yeah. Now well, we're gonna it, shift it to Apollo. You know, Apollo's world with rocky being a supporting character but it works yeah well yeah it, you know i think maybe part of what doesn't work about five is that it's in a lot of ways it's trying to do what two did mm-hmm. and it just doesn't do it as well you know a guy who's on top mm-hmm. he's he's been to the pinnacle of his life and now he's what happens after after the yeah, after he can't fight anymore yeah. and you know he has to go back and and you know in this case he tries to fulfill the the mick role which doesn't work but works so well in creed you know right. it's in a way yeah. creed does for rocky what rocky five tried to do but does it successfully in yeah. terms of the character in terms of the character it it feels like i don't know there there's something about five that doesn't feel genuine where there is so much, you know, uh, there's a genuine quality to all the films before that five just feels to me always felt a little bit forced. Like, okay, like we got it. We need another Rocky movie. What are we doing? Let's come up with something. Whereas the others seem to be a little bit more organic. This seems it, it will Rocky five seems a little more clean, right? Like it's just, it's so it's kind of well-produced. They just mm-hmm. overproduce yeah. po- polished a little too a, a little much polished. bigger budget, you know, by that point, you've got four big hits behind you. So you yeah. can sort of like do what you want at that point. And there's something to, I mean, there's something to the attempt of like, you know, Tommy not responding to Rocky filling the Mickey role. Right. Cause they're not the same. And, but he's trying to, you know, he, he they're trying to, he's trying to, Rocky's trying to force Mickey's lessons on him and, and, you know, the arrogance of a, a hotshot guy in the nineties, you know, saying like, this isn't like, I don't agree with this and, and the money and the way, you know, like the Rocky one and two doesn't really focus too much on the, the, the money of it all, you know, yeah. it's, it's part of it, but it's not a motivator where it's the lack of, it's the lack of money. That yeah. Rocky yeah. 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 Focuses on. And then like, but you know, it's, it's about that. Like, you know, Rocky loses everything. And now Tommy Gunn could be a big star and make a shitload of money and with his promoter and blah, blah, blah. And it's so it's, it, it it's tough because the nineties kind of suck. Right. <laughs> like, the, to ref- Wait, what so do you to, mean? The, and to, to reflect like sort of the attitude of the 90s, 
directly it's kind of like ugh, like ugh, what, what what kind of era are we living in right yeah um it's 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 less of a it's less of the you know bootstrapping kind of thing you know working hard to 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 become something that you you know need to versus like the glitz and glamour of and the celebrity of it all um you know but but that was but that was what's always interesting about rocky and apollo and you know apollo was the champ you know apollo was a big deal and and endlessly wealthy huge ego big big star and rocky's just this guy who just gets called up into the majors and um we only get to see it through rocky's perspective you know and that's this you know rocky five kind of show you know shows it from 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 the inside and then Mm -hmm. but but losing it so and there's just i get i don't know there's just always something gross about someone being extremely wealthy (laughs) and and regardless if they lose it all or i don't know there's just i don't know to me well it's it's more engaging to see rocky you know, fighting from underneath and, and being what he is, is that underdog. And it's sort of the opposite, you know, by the time, you know, through three and four, it's sort of the opposite. And obviously those movies work in an entirely different way than one and two. I have equal love for those just in a different way. Um, You know, (laughs) in my age now, I prefer one and one, two and Rocky Balboa. Those are my uh, favorites. If that were the trilogy, I think that would be, the beautiful beautiful trilogy right there yeah yeah Uh, well i think you know what yeah what three does do though is you know it's all in that scene where he's not training and and adrian goes to him and she's like what's going on and he's like i'm afraid okay i'm afraid she's like of what you know i'm afraid of losing what we got she's like what do we have that you know who cares you know it's about like okay he now he has something not just a reputation but he has he's can provide for her can provide for his family he's had wealth for the first time in his life he doesn't want to go back to living in south philadelphia and uh but adrian that's that's the beauty of that movie is she's like who cares you know we meet we did it we can live and then the juxtaposition of you know four where he goes to her and she's like why are you doing this and she's like you know and she's like, she doesn't want to lose what they have. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And now she is the, the, the powerful part of that scene on the stairs is it's the exact opposite dynamic of it's the exact polar opposite of that scene on the beach with her. Right. And uh, she's like, you can't win. And he's to her on the previous movie. He's like, I can't win. And she's like, so what, you know, you, you're yeah. not going to be able to live with yourself if you don't try. Right. So it's just, it's there's still, it's still there, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's just that he's wealthy, but yeah, you know the the fear of losing that wealth is what kind of drives some of that story in three. Obviously, there's a lot more going on. Speaking of wealth, uh, should we see how Rocky Two did at the box office? <laughs> sure, time, time for a little box office glory. All right, so the budget for Rocky Two skyrocketed from the original. We have it was what one million on the original, and it's seven million here Ooh. for Rocky Two. So that's that's a that's an enormous increase. Um, yes, you can but, stay at the finest hotel in Philadelphia. You can reduce the grain of the film stock. <laughs> How grainy half. is that first movie? Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. It is sandy. Part of the magic, though. Part of the magic. <laughs> it is rough. 
Uh, it opened up on June 15th, 1979. At, I have it as number one. Obviously, box office records are not as easy to sift through uh, prior to the 80s, but uh, it did uh, a $6.3 million opening weekend. Ends up with 85 million domestically, 112 worldwide. So that's uh, that's that's an almost a 200 million dollar uh, gross. So off a seven million dollar budget, I think that's a pretty enormous hit. Um, it is the number three film of 1979 between Amity, the Amityville Horror and Apocalypse Now. So uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I'm surprised. Good run. That- yeah. And that was also the year of Alien came out that year. Exactly. So it did, so it was, it did better than oh, Alien. Yeah. That and stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, we cover that movie. We love it. <laughs> um, it ends up box office wise. If you compile all of the, the entire films uh, of, of the franchise, uh, it's totals out at number four between Creed 2 and Creed. So sandwich, it's, it's in a Creed sandwich. Mm, it's the creamy center of a creed sandwich. <laughs> it is. That's how you describe Rocky Two. Rocky Two is the creamy center of a creed sandwich. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but uh, so uh, you know that's in the top end of things. So um, you know, I think nothing but a, a success on on all levels for Rocky Two. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean. Good for Go them. Ahead. Good for good for Rocky, right? One and two, just a solid one-two punch. Yeah. Uh, not to, I didn't really intend to say it that way, but it's just you know, it, it two is a, a again a, a logical extension of that first movie. It's a direct sequel to the day. The fact that the final fight is ten months after the original fight, in the like where he ends up getting married and having a child <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in ten months uh and buys a house it doesn't even you don't want to do together <laughs> yeah and he didn't train for it does, actually the timeline doesn't exactly make sense technically speaking in terms of unless he trained for about three days before the fight <laughs> uh you know it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating look it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who cares well and- but but it is one year later, so yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, he, was, he was hauling meat there for a few weeks. He did that, which yeah, is a good true. workout. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he still stayed pretty jacked. He just wasn't he just wasn't jogging through the neighborhoods. <laughs> you know, and, I love, you brought up the kids, and I you think about you know 1979. It, there was nothing wrong with kids just following some guy across a city, <laughs> you know, leaving their yeah. doorsteps, just running out. Yeah, you know, I'll be back when the when I'll be back for dinners. Yeah, <laughs> miles through Philadelphia. Miles. Yeah. There's no adults to be seen. Like these these children are. Yeah, once running. they get there, all those kids got to make their way home. Yeah, and, and he's just like, well, all right, see you guys. He, like, he's not running back. <laughs> he's yeah. taking a cab. He's taking a cab. The other kids got to take kids. But I, I did mean to, I did, I, I did want to ask a, a, a Philly, like a friend from Philly, like, you know, from the opening of the movie, from where the fight happened to, cause like he goes to Pennsylvania hospital. Where does the actual fight of the first movie take place? Is it in Philly? As I well? think it's at the spectrum. In Philly. Yeah, it's also, yeah. It's also, so it's, yeah. it's the same. So it's the spectrum venue. both times. And I'm just like, is that the actual path an ambulance would take from where the spectrum was to <laughs> the hospital? Cause I don't think that's, tr- I can't imagine that. That well, that that sequence of 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 streets is exactly yeah. well, also where... from where Rocky. If you map out 
the entire everywhere he runs in the first Rocky. It's something like 36 miles or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He covers <laughs> yeah. in that run. Yeah, yeah. So he's that's how powerful work. he is. That's how powerful and strong well, it's a he monta- is. He's not doing it all at the same time. He <laughs> yeah, runs okay. here this day. He runs over there the next day. Yeah. Stops for a sandwich over here and <laughs> yeah. you know. stops at Pat's he, for he, cheese steak. He yeah. leaps off the Liberty Bell like he just runs and just jumps off it. A, a parkour move goes off of the, the yeah, Frank, he just, he goes to the Franklin Institute to check out the <laughs> but when he when he gets to the top of that museum steps and then the I'm like oh it's it's as good as the first one it's it's better it's better well and, and that's the, the thing with this awesome. you get you sort of you get that happy ending that you kind of got with the first movie it's happy from a personal perspective but here he does it and he w- and he does win and he gets it all he's got he's got everything now and so it, you and could it, could end the franchise but no but and and it it goes to show that it's like sometimes it comes down to just that one thing like you know that that the ending of rocky 2 could have gone either way right mm-hmm. it's not like he just decimated apollo like they they were that they was it really could have been a coin flip um, well that's and, how and, good rocky is right he is as yeah. good as the champ and it went it went his way and when you get the yo Adrian, I did it like that line is is just as famous as anything from the first movie, you know. And, and I think people kind of forget that that's actually Rocky too. And a lot of the the the, the running montage that you see, obviously with the kids being from this one, I, I think that's an assumption from some people that that's also part of one. Yeah, but right, no, that makes sense. So, I, I, his his I will say though his final like I gotta say something and talks on the mic kind of it's kind of a kind of a down like not it's kind of a snooze right it doesn't no that finale i don't know i uh, i think you, i love I, it. I i think you need to put and as much as like rocky is not a very you know articulate kind of person he he needed a little something more meteor to say there i think I, I think that said it all it's like aside from the birth of my kid like this is the greatest day i was like what about your your wife who married you and and I don't know. And he didn't, and like he just said, and he does the yo, Adrian, like it's like a callback more so than like he should have said, I love you. You know, I don't know. That's what I thought. I just thought, I thought his, his speech at the end was a little weak, a little weak, not great, but fine. I'll disagree with you there. Oh, come on. Blake, <laughs> what do you think? Is that, is that the best speech I, Rocky could have given? I, I see, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but. <laughs> I think the speech that he gives is so perfectly Rocky. It's very Rocky. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> any, anything else, anything more than that might've not worked in that. It just would have not felt right. Yeah. That, that, the thing, the thing that works, one of the many things that works so brilliantly about both of these movies, the first two movies is that it's just the, the, the dialogue, you know, and I don't know how much of it is just improvisation between him and Burgess Meredith and uh, just there's these little like, throwaway lines. And sometimes you can't even really hear them when he, you know, he's like, oh, it's Apollo. And he's like, well, who did you think it was going to be? He's like, I was hoping he wasn't going to show up or, or <laughs> and when, and when Apollo comes over and he's, you know, he's, he's giving it to him and 
And Mickey's like, you know, don't let it bother your kid. And he's like, well, would it bother you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Mickey says, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's just, it's just so, it's simple, but it's just, it's so authentic. And I think yeah. that's part of what you were saying, you know, in terms of why five doesn't work so much. It's like that one does kind of seem forced. Whereas Rocky one and two, you know, they almost, I said it about, uh, Burt Young, but you could almost say it about all of them. Like they seem, you they seem like they just captured, uh, you know, x amount of months in these people's lives, and they just there was cameras on them at that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, it yeah. just works so well, and and uh, you know, uh, Mickey, you know what you you got that space monster. <laughs> he's like, would you come here, kid, to show me your dog? And he's always. You know, and, and Burgess is always, and Mickey's always making, you know, in the, it's like in the Bible, they say this and everything's biblical with him in the second movie. He's saying, and it's absurd, but you don't question it for a second. And mm-hmm. you only really notice it when you've seen it 30 times. Yeah. You know, you start to realize like that, what a weird line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or a weird trait that he has. It's just, it's so authentic and the heart and the, especially the first two movies is so big uh, that it's, it, you look, they're it, it's the reason why we're talking about them, and it's the reason why your Rocky episode, you know, still gets people to download it. Mm-hmm. It they touched something in all of us, it's universal. We all, yeah. everybody knows what it's like to, you know, we're all Rocky. You know, I said, you know, that all the characters in the first movie are Rocky, he just happens to get the, the chance, but we all are. We are, there's all something that we didn't fulfill yet. Or may never fulfill. We all had dreams. We all got to a point. We're all, you know, even if you're not, even if you're young now, you will at one point get to a point in your life where, you know, you all, you have just something to strive for. And we all want to get that chance. But there's also the part of us that I think also understands that most of us would be afraid to take that chance if we mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. And Rocky fulfills that for us. And you see it in the first movie when the, when the promoter says, why do you want you know, get to fight for the heavyweight championship? The last shot, the last shot of that scene, when he's talking to the promoter, in the first movie Stallone looks at the cat, looks directly at the lens and the look on his face is like, Holy shit. What am I going to do? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. And we never yeah. really see his fear until he is yelling at Mickey. And he's like, you want to come? You want to see me get my face kicked in? And then we see a little bit of that in that mm-hmm. beautiful scene between him and Adrian just before the night before the fight. But that's what it, what works in them. It's what we, it, we relate to it because we all, we're all Rocky. We all want that chance, but we love watching it because Rocky's not afraid to take the chance, even though most of us would be. Right. Yeah. He, uh, I think you just nailed it. I mean, the fact that I think it touches something in everybody. I haven't met anybody who's seen Rocky, honestly, who, um, maybe it's not their favorite movie, but who hasn't, um, you know, really, been touched by it and and you know to some extent connected with him and his journey and 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 look at the franchise to this day it's still going you know um that i don't know how long it's going to continue but it's sort of been reborn with rocky still a part of it i don't know what his involvement is going to be 
going forward with Creed, we'll have to see. Um, or what other Rocky-related things are going to come up. But it's an interesting franchise to look at, and I'm sure we're going to, uh, you know, at some point next year, we'll we'll probably have you come back here and take a deep dive into specifically <laughs> Rocky Three. <laughs> so you guys, I was, I was curious as to why you guys decided to do two is it just because you're going in chronological order yeah, yeah i like to i like to do these things chronologically and tell like the story of the the franchise as well for like we're doing it for halloween nightmare on elm street friday the 13th you know we just click the next one in the series and because i i'm interested in them as a the, the movies themselves but the the scope of it in general as well so so we'll see so three is on the docket for some point later next year <laughs> once we get to oscar first so hey yeah we, we'll do other stallone things too yeah so. stallone's coming back oh yeah before rocky three we gotta get cyber my mom will shoot um well we, did we do cobra do we do cobra yet? no oh believe me cobra's cobra's gonna be definitely on the dock cobra is <laughs> one of my all-time favorites yes yes it is <laughs> <laughs> we did do tango and cash though almost That's forgot true. that one but, yeah. um classic yeah <laughs> uh, so, you know, we talked about a lot about Bill Conti and, and the, the importance of the score here. Um, that's, that's your wheelhouse. So tell everybody again one more time where they can find the Scored to Death books and the podcast and where they can catch up with you. Uh, well, the two Scored to Death books are available on Amazon uh, for other book retailers for me directly at scoredtodeath.com. Uh, they're basically a collection of, in both books, a total of 30 interviews with film music composers who have made significant contributions to the horror genre uh, spanning from uh, you know the composer of dark the dark shadows television series through all the great uh, horror franchises of the 70s and 80s up to you know disaster piece who did it follows and uh, you know some Japanese uh, composers who from audition and the ring and whatnot and uh score to death radio you can hear from the cinematic sound radio network and uh, that's basically a music show not an interview show but uh, if you haven't heard the episodes of interviews from score to death the podcast which is a different podcast uh you can go check that out uh you know anywhere podcasts are available uh you know that show uh, for the most part especially the early episodes is still kind of horror centric but you know, obviously Bill Conti. Uh, I did a follow-up interview up to the Bill Conti episode because Bill Conti did do one horror movie uh, called Nomads, mm. directed by uh, John McTiernan, his oh, first was that, feature. Who, who, was Pierce Brosnan in that? Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. There we go. Nice. But Conti did that score, and someone who collaborated kind of on that score and plays guitar on that score is Ted Nugent. Oh. oh wow! So, so I did a follow-up interview <laughs> with the Nuge. <laughs> with the Nuge <laughs> about uh, about Nomads after talking to Bill Conti, and uh, like I said, at some point I'm going to have a David Shire, uh, very interesting and lengthy interview with David Shire about yeah. his career on such Taken Pelham One Two Three, All the President's Men. Yeah, so many great scores that he's composed. All the way I, through, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be through amazing. Zodiac. Oh yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. 
Nice. Well, good. That's exciting. So we're looking forward to that. We'll make sure uh, we tell everybody once that's ready uh, here on this show. So, um, yeah. And uh, we're going to say just a quick shout out and thank you to some of our other friends. Uh, E.K. Wimmer for the theme music. You can check out his podcast, Laser Graves. That's very 80s centric specifically. And thank you to our friend Curtis Moore for the poster as usual. And and Blake, thank you again so much for coming on this week. It's uh, this is your second time here, and and we're just loving having you here, and uh, especially talking I, about Rocky. I appreciate it. Uh, Rocky is one of my favorite topics, and I always feel bad that I feel like I might have hogged the mic a little too much when I leave. But now that I don't have any other outlets <laughs> with Gotta Saturday movie sleepovers, oh. it's, it's all your... it builds up with me until uh, somebody yeah. unleashes it. <laughs> I like your I like your insights, and uh, it encouraged me to. Uh, yeah, throw mine out there as well and uh, it's a lot of fun to just talk talk all sorts of there's so many there's so many things you could we could we could do you could do a whole podcast series on the rocky films right like, oh yeah so we'll there's, do. there's so much to say like so we're yeah. you know we're just like scratching the surface um and on the things that really resonate and uh so it, it's really great to get your perspective especially where you're coming from um you know just start, just starting from the score but into the actual analysis of the film and it's just it's just wonderful so well thank uh, you you're you're always a uh a, 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 like second time out it's like great Blake's in and out of the park again like this is great so so I glad you appreciate it he's yeah. he's got an office here at Recon Cinema Studios of course now. <laughs> he's got a parking space he's got a valet 73rd floor right Absolutely. there right yeah. there in the corner <laughs> it's all yours <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well uh again everybody check out uh, scored to death and uh, if you haven't seen it in a while check out rocky 2 again and we want to wish everybody a happy and healthy and safe new year uh we will see you guys for our next episode uh we've got another special lineup coming in january so we'll see you in 2022 bye now